And uh, he has an incredible story. I know he's going to share it tonight, but uh, let's give it up for Ben Earl. Thanks, guys. What's up, Furman FCA? It's so good to see you guys. It's, um, wow. It feels like it's been forever. Even last semester, I didn't see you guys nearly as much as I would have wanted to. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, like Hamp said, my name is Ben Earl. My wife, Kelsey, and I um, are originally from Maine and I have the awesome privilege of settling here with our five boys and raising a family and, and serving the Lord and his kingdom through FCA. And there's a lot of awesome ministries <clears throat> on campus and it's all about the kingdom of God. And this is just specifically the one that that God has called us to. And I'm a former paladin myself, Furman basketball. In 2005, I graduated. How many seniors do we have in the room tonight? Seniors. The last go round, huh? Are all of you graduating in May? Man, I just, <laughs> hopefully, that's right. That's a good point. My senior year, in the spring semester, it was, it was kind of hit or miss there for a little bit, it felt like. Um, I'm just going to bless you in Jesus' name for all the decisions coming ahead for our seniors, Lord God. I just pray, first of all, for fullness of joy this semester, the best semester they've had on campus, deeper relationships than they've ever known. Um, Lord, just wisdom and peace about the next steps that you're going to take them on, Lord God. I pray they would be fully present this semester. Bless them in all their schoolwork. Um, let's say they would leave their mark on this campus, even if it's just one person, Lord God, one person they impact can change an eternity for who knows how many. In Jesus' name, how many juniors we got? Juniors, all right, you got your turn's coming. There's a lot of juniors in the room. Okay, sophomores? Yeah. Well, sophomores too. Sorry, I've got a cough drop in my throat. I had a tickle. <clears throat> freshmen? I can't see y'all very well, so freshmen. Okay, awesome. Freshmen and sophomore, you guys will be upperclassmen before you know it. Um, I... I was planning on sharing tonight about um, something that we've been talking to our son about lately, which is uh, hearing the voice of the Lord. One of our sons, I guess, our 15-year-old. He's a freshman in high school at TR. And I was asked to speak Sunday at our church. Um, Our pastors were sick and several other people on leadership were sick. So they tapped me on the shoulder on Saturday and said, hey, Ben, can you fill in tomorrow and speak at church? I'm like, sure. (laughs) And usually... Not having a lot of time to prepare is actually a good thing because you can sometimes try to get all the right words, like get everything perfect. And I was like, well, there ain't no time for that. So I'm just going to share my story. And so that's what I did Sunday. Um, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to do that again tonight. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I am originally, like I said, from the state of Maine. I'm going to give you a little bit of context from my background just because it's going to, I think it'll help make a little bit more sense to the rest of my story. So I, maybe like many of you, was born into the church, not not just into the church. I mean, my great grandparents on both sides, like I had just generations of people that were faithfully serving the Lord in powerful ways, missionaries, pastors, uh, worship leaders on both sides. And so my story certainly wasn't one of ignorance of the word of, of God. Um, it, well, I believed it from the time I was a little kid. Like I remember being 11 or 12 years old and sitting around the table with my mom and dad and, and just latching on in faith, I don't know why, to the scripture in John 14, 12, where Jesus told, told us, like, greater things than these will you see. Greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father and I'm sending the Spirit into the world. And I remember being a little kid and just believing that. I told my parents, like, I believe that. Like, I believe I'm going to see the greater things that God was talking about. And we used to, I used to wonder, like, what are greater things? Like, Jesus raised people from the dead. He cast out demons with a word or a look. He fed 5,000 people with, you know, a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. What could be greater than that? 
And we're seeing that. Like the other night, the Lord reminded me, we have, there's a, there's a guy in our church, he actually lives right up at the top of the hill, Wayman Dobson, and he, he is an evangelist, and he has crusades in South America and Africa. And the last one he went, I think 250,000 people came to Jesus. And there's video, I mean, there's literally like a million people at these things. And the Lord was just like, that's the greater thing. So we're seeing in our generation the greater things that Jesus talked about. But I, I remember believing that with faith. But here's the thing, growing up, does anybody, see, I don't know if they do this anymore, Kels. Kelsey's my wife. Um, you guys ever do sword drills when you were a kid? Yeah. See, no one knows anymore, baby. At church, I asked that. You know, all the old people were like, oh, yeah, sword drill when you were a kid. It's like, how well do you know your Bible? It's like a contest, you know, at youth group or children's church or something. And like, everyone get your Bible ready. Fine, Deuteronomy 821. <laughs> you know, get there as fast as you can. I got it. You suckers, you guys are too slow, I got it. I would win that every single time. Like I knew the Bible, like one, it was a competitor, but I also knew the word. Like my, my father, every single night, every night would read the word as kids were just like, oh my gosh. And then he would pray for like 20 minutes. I'm like, dad, let's go, <laughs> move it along. So I was, I mean, it was in me, but I think, and there was belief, don't get me wrong. Like there was belief in everything that I read. But here's the thing. I believe that as in like John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his own son. There's a big difference in that than God so loved Ben. God so loved Ivy. God so loved Callum that he sent his own son. There's a big difference. It's, it's subtle, but it makes all the difference in the world. I believed in God globally. I just didn't, I don't, I, I didn't realize it, but I didn't believe and all the promises for me personally. And so when I was a sophomore in high school, it was the first time I smoked marijuana. I have two older brothers. My oldest brother is six and a half years older than me. Growing up, he ran the show. Like he made the rules, all the games, he made the rules, and they were always in favor of him winning. And I have video evidence of him like dropping me on my head and abusing me. But Andrew is awesome. I love my oldest brother, Andrew. My brother, Matt, is three and a half years older than me. Matt and I are really close. Matt is, He's a unique individual. He's very different, very artistic, extremely musical, incredibly gifted. Um, and he and I were real close. And I went to visit Matt in college out at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri when I was a sophomore. And that was the first time I smoked marijuana. Here's the thing. Tonight's whole message, here's the verse um, that I, I woke up Saturday night before church. And I, at 3.45 in the morning, I woke up and I heard the Lord say clear as day, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I didn't know what I was going to speak on exactly at church on Sunday, but that was what the Lord wanted me to talk about. Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's the theme of tonight. We'll get more into that. <clears throat> when I was, so growing up as a Christian kid, like I knew, like smoking weed, I probably shouldn't be doing that. But I lashed onto that. Like I have, uh, there's some of that iniquity in my bloodline, like my grandfather was, a, was from Alabama, actually. I just remembered that. He's from Alabama, was a preacher, built churches, massive, beautiful, ornate stone churches, was a millionaire. This is my mom's dad. Wasted it all in gambling and womanizing. And so there was this rebellious spirit in me that I kind of came into the world with that. And <clears throat> I had convictions. So I, there was rebellion, but there was also like, I know the truth. So like, I started developing these this, like two separate lies because I, I had a hard time dealing with the shame and condemnation. Really is what it was, condemnation. I felt so bad about myself. And so I started to develop this 
pattern of like, well, I love the Lord and like I'm happy, to, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that at all, but these things that I am ashamed of, I'm gonna just keep them to myself. Like I'll say things like, God, I want all of you and you can have all of me, but just, you can't have this. I'm, I'm gonna hold on to that because that's too uncomfortable to be real with her. Nope, you can't, you can't have that either because I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed. And, and so I would start to hold these things in and really you know, the truth of that, when we do that, like that's where really bondage can set in. So my whole life was sports, like many in this room was sports. From the time I was five years old, having two older brothers, any of you that have older siblings know that, that as an athlete, that benefits us big time. And so I competed my butt off and I accelerated. I was a three sport, by my senior year in high school, I was a three sport all state athlete in the state of Maine for soccer, basketball, and baseball. Basketball was where I really excelled though. And then played, I started, I went to a tiny school. So I played division three first, had incredible year, my sophomore year. That just one video of one game got me a full scholarship to Furman. I had 45 points in one game for Division Three, and that got me a full scholarship. Played here at Furman. Kelsey and I got married right after school. Went over and played in Australia. Where's my hype man, Gabe Pecoraro? <laughs> Gabe used to always love to. Uh, um, and got to play over in Australia. We won the championship, and I was given the MVP. Kelsey and I got pregnant with our first son while we were over there. We came back to the states. This is in 2006, and decided, hey, we're having kids, so maybe it's time to settle down. I didn't realize how much of my identity was rooted in athletics until it was no longer in my life. It was like, I mean, you can imagine, like, and many of you are, are kind of in the place right now where it's been such a big part of your life, you don't know what it's like yet not to have it in your life. And if it's part of your identity, then, well, I'm just praying that the Lord helps, uh, helps work that out while you're here in school because you are so much more than the gifts that he's given you. So much more. <clears throat> and um, so I, I, it's, I describe it as like the ship in the boat was taken out. Sorry, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The engine in the boat was taken out. We'll get there, bear with me. I'm a little slow. I told you I barely graduated. <laughs> so like seriously, everything that had been dri driving my life was no longer there. And so I just describe it as like a boat just floating out in the water with no passion. Like, so I was struggling. We were in Boston. We, I was in the corporate world for about 10 years in Boston, struggling to find passion and purpose and joy. And I say this with quotes, just being a father to three little boys at this point. Now I'm fast forwarding a little bit. I have three little kids, just being a husband, just being excellent in the workplace. I was serving in church doing all these things, but there was no passion in any of it. And I was one of those guys, I was like, well, marijuana was put here, like, God, it's a plant. Like, wh why would God put it here if we're not supposed to smoke it? Like, why would he do that? He's, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, so I kind of justified it as, it's a plant. I'll never touch a chemical. I'll never touch a, another drug. Well, March Madness of 2014, I'll never forget it. It was the first time I had ever even seen cocaine. Never even seen it in my life. And really without any hesitation, um, I tried it for the first time there. It wasn't an immediate addiction, but the door was open and I was looking for something like, it actually made me feel good. It was exciting. So the, the door, I had opened the door to the enemy. So things that like I would normally do that I enjoyed, like playing golf or hanging out with buddies or shooting pool or whatever it was. Like now it's like, okay, let's get a little cocaine. And 
it wasn't long, I'd say after about two months, I was in a full-blown addiction. And it lasted about a year and a half. It got to the point where, I mean, it's expensive. So I would buy an ounce at a time, and which if you get caught with that, like, forget it, the grace of God. <clears throat> I would sell some to my friends just so I could pay for my own addiction. And, the, and I was a functioning addict, like nobody knew. Well, I say that, like my wife, she knew something was wrong, <clears throat> but I was so ashamed. I had so much condemnation like that I was living under that I was like, I'm gonna take this secret to my grave. Like for a year and a half, y'all, I would literally cry myself to sleep every single night. I'd be, uh, I was in sales, so I had on Boston's North Shore, so I had space for an addiction because I was out on the road all the time. And I would come home one or two o'clock in the morning and after lying to Kelsey about why I was out so late, whatever, <clears throat> and I would lay down two, three o'clock in the morning and I would just weep and bawl all night long. I can't sleep, I'm high as a kite, like just staring at the ceiling. Like my attitude was never like, screw you, God. It was, Jesus, how did I get here? Like, help me, Lord, I'm so bound. Like, please save me, Lord. I would drink very heavily at the end of the night, like liquor, just like, because you don't really feel that when you're on cocaine. I would just drink heavily just to try to come down. And I would feel that effect of the alcohol the next morning. I would wake up hungover. So you can imagine how there's a vicious cycle, like just to get up and function for the day, I had to start over. Again, I was working a job. I was helping out in church. Like I still believed all these things. God so loved the world. Like I still believed it all. And I'm just like, man, I got all this crap inside of me. And I've got to figure it out. Like, I've, like, me and the Lord have to take care of this. Like, nobody else can know this. I know it's wrong. So I'm too, I'm too ashamed. I'm too embarrassed. I'm not going to let anybody know. And I just will lie upon lie. Kelsey has never, she never had a rebellious bone in her body. Like, saw angels in her room when she was a little girl. It's been very close to the Lord. I'm the only guy Kelsey's ever dated, ever held hands with, ever touched. Like, that's just, it's not common nowadays. The world would say it's impossible. And to be honest, y'all, it is without the Spirit of God. Like, we cannot live according to His Word without His Spirit, but that's another whole talk. So all she knew from me, though, she married me because she saw something on my life. She saw a call and wanted to go on an adventure with me and Jesus. But all she knew was lies, manipulation. I would even turn it back on her sometimes. Like, you're cra- like make her feel like she was crazy, like there's something wrong with her. It's messed up, man. Like, that's what I did. Finally, one night, after a year and a half of this, she was a shell of herself, and I certainly was a very changed person at that time. I just, I remember I was ready to take that secret to the grave, but it was the kindness of God, God, y'all. Let me say this. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The Word says that. It's His kindness. And so for whatever reason, for one moment, I just, I saw her. I'll never forget it. We were at our apartment in, in Plainville, Massachusetts, no, Norwood, Massachusetts. And I, she was just sitting on the couch, like crying. And I just softened. For one brief second, I softened. And I saw what I was doing to her. And I, so I just was, I told her everything. She had no grid for that. Like she was not, that was not what she was expecting to come out of my mouth, that I'm doing cocaine. She was just like, what? She kicked me out of the house that night. And I spent the night in my car. It was the loneliest, darkest, saddest night. I just cried all night long. 
And I went to the next day to my son, who was, my oldest son was seven at the time. I went to his little league game and Kelsey says, you need help. I'm like, yep, I can recognize that. She said, you're going to Teen Challenge. Are any of you familiar with Teen Challenge? I wouldn't expect maybe this crowd would be as much younger generation. Teen Challenge is a global faith-based drug and alcohol rehab program. And it is an incredible ministry, but it's a live-in ministry, 15 months of intense, like military, like it's, so I knew about it. My older brother, Matt, when I was a senior here at Furman, my, he lost twins in childbirth. One on the way to the hospital, eight months pregnant, one on the way to the hospital, one of them was born and died in his arms a week later. I can, I can empathize with that more now that I have my own children. I couldn't when I was a senior, I couldn't really feel that. I can now, now that I look in my, the eyes of my own kids. Matt got addicted. Well, first it was pills. Um, he was taking like 20 Vicodin at a time. It's crazy. The doctor said that's more than the equivalent of shooting heroin. Then it went to crack cocaine. He got fully addicted to crack cocaine. And I, he was standing one night on the, on the bridge, Casco Bay Bridge in Portland, Maine, ready to jump. Praise God. God pulled him out of that. Matt went into Teen Challenge for 15 months, and then he was on staff for two years after. God completely, radically changed his life. He's doing incredible now. His two daughters, he's a worship leader out in, in Washington State. So I knew about Teen Challenge, right? Our family had been through that. So when she said, you're going to Teen Challenge, I said, hell no, I'm not. That's exactly what I said to her. I was like, no. She goes, you're going or I'm gone. It's like, I guess I'm going. So she's like, you go home, you pack your stuff, you do it at this time, I do not want the boys seeing you. I didn't listen to her. I went home, packed my stuff, like whenever I wanted to. I'm walking out the door as she's walking in with my three little boys. I'll never forget Connor, my oldest son. Every time I tell the story, I can't get over it. He's like, Daddy, where are you going? And I didn't answer him. He's like, well, how long are you gonna be gone? And I think I said something like two years to a seven-year-old. And then I just walked, I just walked out. And he's like, Daddy, where are you going? Daddy, don't leave. Like he's yelling, like as I'm walking out the door with my bags. My heart was so hard, like, and so bitter that I didn't even stop. Like I just walked and just was like, and I entered in Teen Challenge June 15th of 2015, broken, hurting, like, but free, there was freedom. That, that was the beginning of freedom because it was in the light. Like I wasn't hiding anymore. Like, yes, sure, there was shame. That was just the beginning of dealing with all the shame and the embarrassment, like all my friends, all my family know. And it wasn't like, it was like two days later. Like I went to my parents' house and then like the next day I was in Teen Challenge, just like that. So like there was no calling people. Like everyone were like, I'm only wondering, like what are these people thinking? Like my, my whole world, I'm just gone. I'm in rehab now. And so, but the Lord, for the first time in my life, man, those first 30 days in Teen Challenge are no joke. No contact with the outside world. No phone calls, no visits, no letters, nothing. They really are trying to just pull you away from the environment, whatever environment it was you came from. And I'm like, I'm like this clean cut business guy, like Christian religious guy. I'm in there with dudes who are federally mandated there for or mandated by a judge for like federal gun trafficking charges and 
trafficking heroin. And then here's this like Christian religious kid. Everyone was like, what the heck are you doing here? Addiction is no respecter of persons. What's really cool though, is I saw some of these guys walk through the door and remember it's faith-based. So there's worship and there's all this stuff. And these guys are like, I don't believe any of this shit. You know, like, don't touch me. Cause everyone's trying to hug and stuff. They're like, don't touch me. And then like a couple weeks later, you see these same guys just like a wreck on the floor, just hammered by the love of God. Like just completely just rewrite the beginning, rewrite their stories. Like I saw the love of God, like I've never seen in my life in that place. Not only for me, but for people who had never cracked the Bible in their life. Like, and I'm, I grew up like around people like me. Like I'd never seen anything like this before. The radical love of God and what it can do to people. Those first 30 days, the Lord, I, I met the real Jesus for the first time in my life. And it's interesting, those same chapter that I latched on in faith as a little kid, John chapter 14, twice in those two, in John 14 and 15, sorry, in those two chapters, 14 and 15, Jesus says six times, if you love me, you obey my commands. He who loves me follows my teachings. He says it six times in six different ways. And he said to me, he said, Ben, and it was very gentle. There's a big difference between the voice of the accuser, which is condemnation, and the voice of conviction, which is the Holy Spirit. They're two very different voices. They're try they can sound the same and, and feel the same, but they're not. Conviction always brings hope. There's always hope. Condemnation is you suck, you always will suck. That's just the way you are. Like it just is, there's no hope in condemnation. And so I felt the gentle conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Ben, you've never loved me, son, because you've never obeyed. You've only done so when it's been convenient for you. And I was just like hit with this wave of just conviction and just repentance before the Lord. It was like, man, I just, I cried straight, literally. I'm not even kidding, for like 30 days, morning, noon, night, like just all day. Because the Lord was beginning, it was beautiful though, man. Like it was, the Lord was beginning to reshape me completely, my whole identity. He would ask me questions, y'all. Like there was an intimacy I was developing with the Lord I had never known before through the relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is why Jesus said, it's better that I go. Think about that. What could be better than hanging out with Jesus? He said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, your helper, the comforter, the teacher, all these things. I began a relationship really with the Holy Spirit while I was in there. And he would say to me, Ben, like, if you could never have played basketball, like if you were in a wheelchair from the time you were born, would you have any value? And I was, I was very honest conversation with the Lord. And I was like, no. I don't think I would. I did okay in high school, at least. I tried hard. I was valedictorian in my high school. And he said, if you didn't have your intelligence, would you have any worth? If you didn't have your charm, you didn't have your charisma, you didn't have your whatever, like just these, all these things that we think make us us, right? He was, he was pinpointing all of them. If you didn't have those, would you have any worth, son? And I just wept, man. I was like, no, I wouldn't. I didn't realize it until that moment. I'm like, all those things that you just said, Lord, like, that's what I take pride in. Like, that's what makes me feel good about myself. Like, I am something because of all those things. He said, son, you would have no less value to me. I would have sent my son for you, just for you, if you had none of those gifts that I've given you. Your identity has been all in all the wrong things, son. So the Lord began reshaping my whole identity. Here's the thing. Condemnation will keep us bound. The lie that 
I've got to take care of this, or I can't be real with this person, or I can't really show the true me. Like, that's what kept me bound for a year and a half. It wasn't the physical addiction. It was the shame and hiding it. Like, I'm, I, gotta, I believe the lie that I could handle this on my own. Like, I, just me and Jesus. Like, that's all I want it to be, Lord. Like, I'll talk to you about it, God. I don't want to talk to anybody else. I don't want to tell Kelsey. I don't want to tell my pastors. I don't want to tell my friends. I am so, I'm so ashamed of it. And that lie... That's, that's a lie from the enemy that was what kept me bound for so long. And there's just two things tonight, y'all, that I want you to consider. What I've learned is freedom in the light is far greater than safety in the dark. Let me say that again. Freedom in the light is far greater than being safe in the dark. That, read Romans 7 and 8. Some of you are familiar with it, but I challenge you to go back and read those chapters. Hiding and living in that safety, in, in essence, is catering to the flesh, right? Because the whole, those whole two chapters are about the flesh versus the spirit. And the flesh is like, I got to hide, I got to protect, I've got to. It feels good. It feels safe for me to just not let anybody in. That's the flesh. Living by the spirit, man, is, is so hard. It's, it's challenging, but that's where the life is. Like, I can be real. Like, I'm seen. I'm fully known. I, there's no, nothing to hide. Like, this is me. Like, whether you like it or not, like, this is me. Doesn't mean, like, I'm proud of, like, my sin. Like, yeah, but this is me. Like, no big deal. Like, no. Like, I know I've got crap. Like, but this is me. Because here's the truth. Y'all. Like, that's how God sees us anyways. Like, there's no hiding from the Lord. We can try. When I was younger, in those, those years, like I hid from everybody. I hid from the Lord, I hid from Kelsey, I hid from my parents, I hid from, from everybody. One thing I've changed a lot, and I don't hide from the Lord anymore. Obviously, we're human, I still have issues. I still have stuff that the Lord is working on in my heart. It doesn't look like it did 10 years ago, but we're always continually becoming conformed to the image of Christ. It doesn't stop, like our whole lives. So there are still things that, in my heart sometimes, I'm like, that's not pretty. But I bring the Lord right into it. Like I talked, I'm like, you see this, Lord. Like, and by keeping my heart soft that way, by always bringing him into it, that helps me if I need to confess to something, if I need to tell Kelsey, or if I need to talk to my pastor, like he's a really close friend of mine. Like, if I need to be real, like because I'm not hiding from the Lord, the softness of the Holy Spirit, his kindness can lead me to be real with other people when I need to be. Does that make sense? Starting by being real with the Lord and just like bringing him into, I think that's what he means by worship and spirit and truth. You know that verse? I'm looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. The Lord once told me like the truth part of that, Ben, is worshiping no matter what's going on in your life. You've got all this crap going on in the midst of what you're dealing with, standing in the truth of that and still magnifying the Lord because he is worthy. He is good. He's the one that paid it all. Like the Lord for me told me that one time, I'm like, wow, that's a whole, that's a really that's a really good revelation of that scripture that I never really had considered before. Like, I will worship you knowing that I have the sin, that I'm laying at your feet, the Lord, but I'm going to worship you because that's the truth of who I am and you, are, and you are still good. Anyways, I encourage my boys with that. Here's the thing. We're seeing Kelsey and I are, we're the, father, or we're the parents of five little boys, man. And my oldest now is a, is a freshman and he's, a good-looking kid. He's a freshman on a varsity team at TR playing basketball and smart, intelligent, comfortable in his own skin, a lot more confident than I was. And I've been real with him since the time he was a little boy. Like, 
my story, they know in and out. There's no secrets like that. I don't, Kelsey says I'm too real with them sometimes. But I'd rather them hear it from me than somebody else. But recently, we've, Connor has been going through some stuff. And some of you know Connor. And so I, like, I, I don't want to blow up his spot. And I certainly don't think that you guys would repeat any of this, obviously. But I'm starting to see the same patterns in Connor that I saw in me. Connor's a good kid. He's smart. He's, he loves the Lord. He's got a heart for the Lord. But he's, he's battling with the same shame and hiding. So we found out some things lately. Like, my dude had a second phone. <laughs> Sorry, I laugh. Kelsey, I won't get too real. Just wave your hand if I should stop. <laughs> the dude snuck a girl into my house. My 15, that's ballsy, dude. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, we knock on the door too. Kelsey comes in, she was wrapping Christmas presents. This wasn't that long ago. She's like, Connor's door's locked and he's talking to somebody. The dogs are going crazy. They're running to the window, they're running to the front. I'm asleep, I get out of bed, I'm like, I go to Connor's door, it's locked. I'm like, what are you doing? I hear this ruffling. He opens the door, acting like he's asleep. What, dad? What are you doing, dude? Who you been talking to? Who are you talking to? Nobody, I was asleep. Bull crap, you were asleep. Anyway, like, so the point is, like, I'm seeing the same patterns of a good kid, too. Connor's a good kid. I, I'll be honest. Kelsey and I were shocked because I'm like, not Connor. Maybe my son Caleb, who I love to death. <laughs> like, maybe Caleb. But Connor? We were floored. Like, and I, my heart breaks because I'm not mad at him at all. I've told my sons, all my sons, I'm like, man, there's nothing you can tell me ever that I will ever be ashamed of you for, ever. But I'm seeing the patterns of lie, hide, protect. And I'm like, God, what is it? Like, what is it in us that is so afraid to be real with one another? I'm not saying like, you don't have to go out and blast your crap to the whole world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, to people, especially that you know and love and like love and care about you, when they ask you how you're doing or like how you struggle, like, you know what, you know, and we just are like, yeah, everything's good. Everything, praise Jesus, huh? blessed and highly favored of the Lord. God? <laughs> wow, I, I received that, Lord. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> it's like, what, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid is gonna happen? Are we gonna lose respect of people? Are we afraid of the consequences? I think for Connor, that's what it is. He's afraid of punishment. Like, what's this? I'm gonna lose my phone. Yep, sorry, buddy, you lost your phone. That's You're not going anywhere for a while. Your license? Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, as soon as I turn 15, or I'm gonna get my permit, and I get it when I'm 16, I'm gonna get my license. I'm like, okay, buddy, we'll see. We'll see about that. But like, what is it? Like, I don't know. I, but I wanna go back to that scripture. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul specifically said, for those who are in Christ Jesus. He didn't say for the world. He didn't say for those outside of the kingdom of God. And to me, what that says is like he knew. He knew we were going to go. Believers, people who have accepted Jesus and call him Lord and Savior, that we were still going to have crap that we have to die to, that the Lord is trying to get at. So he knew that. And so he encouraged us, though, like while you're going through stuff, like while you've got something that you're not proud of, you don't want anybody else to see, there's no condemnation in that. Because there is an accuser who's constantly standing before the throne of God, making accusation of every single sin you've done. 
And Jesus looks at it and says, it's, co it's covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why there's no condemnation. It's covered. And I will say, if, if you're not in Christ, then on, on that day, there will be condemnation. There will be judgment. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is none because of the blood of Jesus. So if he's not condemning us, why are we condemning ourselves? Why are we so afraid to be real? Freedom in the light. And I've experienced it. Like coming out of Teen Challenge now, it's been six and a half years, y'all. Like, let me tell you this. Had I, run, if I, had I run around on Kelsey, she would have been gone. Like, praise God, that was not my thing. I didn't have the game for it anyways. Kelsey can probably attest. <laughs> I didn't have the game to run around on her. Thank the Lord. But she, all, she had just been lied to, manipulated, like dragged through the mud. Like, she was done. She was... She was ready to, to go. The fact that she's still married to me, we have two more children that we've had since all that, is a testimony enough that God is real. And coming out, it's just been a constant, like, there are times still, like, I, our flesh wants to hide. Like, our flesh wants what it wants, right? It always, it always will. But we can put to death the misdeeds of the body by the Spirit of God. I mean, Romans 7 and 8, I really feel that on y'all. Y'all need to to go dig into that and ask the Lord, read those two chapters in John 14 and 15. I really feel that right now. Like, Lord, what is the, what is the connection between those two? Life in the spirit, putting to death the flesh, but doing it, John 14 and 50, talking about staying connected to the vine. Like, he's the vine, we are the branches. Like, it can only be done by the spirit of God. I, th I feel that for y'all. And I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go back and really dig into those, those four chapters, Romans 7 and 8, John 14 and 15. I would encourage you to do that. The second thing is this. Freedom. So the first is freedom in the light is far greater than safety in the dark. I'll tell you, man. Being real is the beginning of freedom, y'all. It's the beginning of freedom. The second is your sin does not disqualify you. And that can have a very broad, does not disqualify you from love from God, doesn't disqualify you from his call or purposes on your life, doesn't disqualify you from all of his promises doesn't disqualify you from anything. Remember, Adam, when he first sinned, the very first sin, he ran and hid from God. Like, he, he literally hid. Like, it's, so it's in us to do that. But God still redeemed Adam. Like, it didn't disqualify him for still being, like, this, through the seed of Adam, Jesus came. Like, he's still, still Adam. Like, God's love didn't change for him at all. So I just want to encourage you with that too. Like your sin does not disqualify you. Leadership. I want to be real with our leadership team here. Just because you have a title of FCA leader, man, I want to encourage you. You are not, it does not mean that you are perfect. Like, and that's not my expectation. And I, I pray the ministry, like that's never comes across to you guys that you feel like you have to have it all together because you have a title of FCA leader. No. Like if anything, like we need to be more, like we, because we're trying to help others. Like, be real, like coming into the light, running after Jesus with everything we've got. Yes, okay, I made a slip up here. It's okay, we're still running, we're still running. It's when we go into these little holes and we're like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna deal with that. I don't wanna let you in on that. That's where the bondage can start to begin. I think the worship team's gonna come back up. I would like, every, if everybody would just close their eyes with me. I know, 
listen, I just know the reality. I know when I was a college student, and I just know the reality of humanity, that there are, there are some of you in this room who are carrying something that y y you're not proud of, or that you're struggling with, or that you don't want anyone to know, and it's just been a cycle. Like, I don't know what it is, you do. I mean, it doesn't, it could be I struggle with anger. It could be I'm a gossiper. I mean, I can't stop hooking up with my boyfriend or girlfriend, like having a real hard time, like with whatever it is, like there's some, like we've all got these little things we want to hold on to. And I believe the Lord's wanting to give you an opportunity tonight to lay it at the feet of Jesus, to never have to pick it up again even. I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to make you come to the altar. Listen, I am here though. Like, I don't mean here, just like physically present right now. I mean, I'm here. Like, we live right across the street. My wife is more than happy to meet with any of you ladies. Like, after tonight, I'm saying, like, we're here. But if tonight, like, the God has brought any conviction at all, man, remember this. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that led me out of all of that. If it hadn't been for his kindness, my story would be very different. Your story would be very different without the kindness of God. First, I mean, if some of you are in here like, yeah, I've, I've believed in God. Like, I've, I know the Bible. My family went to church. But you've never actually like made Jesus your own. Like tonight can be that night. And I just want to give an opportunity. If anyone is in here tonight and wants to say yes to Jesus, wants to invite him into their life, wants to walk this life out with Jesus, and if that's you tonight, will you raise your hand? I want to pray with you tonight. I see a hand. I see two hands. Praise Jesus. Come on, right where you're sitting. You, don't, you can pray it out loud. You can pray it under your breath. Just repeat with me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you created me. I believe that you came to earth as God in flesh. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. That you rose again three days later, victorious over death, victorious over my sin. I am guilty no more because of you, Jesus. Will you be my Lord? Will you be my Savior? Will you be my friend? Will you be my teacher? Will you be my guide? I give you my life. In Jesus' name. The second part, if any of you are just carrying something and you want to lay it down, come on, I want you to raise your hand as well. Something that, there's something that you're holding on to. Like, I don't want someone else to see this. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I see all your hands and so does the Lord. Come on, y'all. We've got to be real. I want to pray with all of you right now. And I repeat again, I am here for all you men, especially girls. I love all of you. That's why my wife is here, though. It's not appropriate for me to be sitting one-on-one -on -one with you, talking with you about the things of your heart, I don't think that that's appropriate. 
as much as I love you, I pray for all of you. But Kelsey would love to. Leadership is here for you. Leaders, again, there's no condemnation for any of you as well. Jesus, I thank you for the conviction that you've brought tonight. Lord, I thank you for your kindness that leads us into your presence. It doesn't drive us away. The enemy would want us to run and hide. Lord, you say, step into the light, my son, my daughter. Lord, I pray for strength for all of these young men and women to walk victoriously. Lord, if more conversation needs to be had, I pray that you would bring wisdom, discernment on who to be real with, on who to open up to, that there might be godly counsel or just an ear to hear even. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Listen, if you're laying something down tonight, you don't ever have to pick it up again. You don't. By the cross, like you are set free. We just sang songs about that. Like, you're free in Jesus' name. If you do stumble again, shut the voice of the accuser. The Bible says, take thought, every captive, take every thought captive and bring it under the submission of Jesus. Last thing I want to say, when I was, when I came out of Teen Challenge, Kelsey and I had talked about getting a tattoo. Actually, it was actually funny. I was clean cut and no tattoos when I went in and I came out and she wanted me to get a beard and get a tattoo. <laughs> she had this fantasy about me when I was in Teen Challenge. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at her. Not <laughs> She's like, dear God. <laughs> so we talked about this ever since I came out. I just got this when Kelsey and I went to Mexico for my 40th birthday in November. She has the outline of the triangle. This is a monument for me. This represents a pyramid. 061515, that's the date that I went into Teen Challenge. This represents coming out of bondage. The pyramid representing Egypt. And the children of Israel came out of bondage and came out of slavery. And the Lord said, never go back, never go back. The same is true for you, man. There's so much life that God has ahead of you. Like it has nothing to do really. In his mind, like I, I don't think he cares what you do for a career, right? Like he gives us free will. Like, what are you passionate about? Sure, God will partner with you in that. There are sometimes it's very specific. Like he has a very specific calling. Other times it's like, what are you passionate about? Like for me, I thought it was basketball. I thought that's why I was on the earth. Like it was to bring glory to God, but it was through basketball. And then when that was taken away, I'm like, who am I? Not understanding that God's plans and purposes didn't end when basketball did. And so I'm excited for you. Kelsey and I are here to journey with you. Our family is here. To, to, I pray for y'all every single day. There are many of you I don't know yet, and I hope that that changes. We're going to sing one more worship song tonight. I'm going to stick around if anyone wants to talk. Also, if you, can you put that up there, Ashley? For those who accepted the Lord tonight, or if you just want some resources to help you grow in your faith. Actually, everybody take out your phones right now. This is not signing you up for anything. You're not going to get spammed. Should have, I should have introduced this to you guys a long time ago. If you'll text GOFCA, enter the code FCA1350. For anyone who accepted Jesus tonight, whether you raised your hand or not, like it's not like, oh, I didn't raise my hand, so it doesn't count. <laughs> it's a work in the heart. You can select that one. Or if you just want resources to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, there's tons of them available for that. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to sing. Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. 
I thank you for your love, Lord God, and the freedom that I feel and experience being in the light with you, Jesus. On my good days and on my bad, Lord, like being in the light with you is better than anything else I've ever known. I thank you for that, Jesus. I pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, any seeds that were planted tonight that were from you, may they take root. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would water them, it would bring about a harvest, Lord God, of all the fruit of your Spirit, of love, of joy, of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I feel like that's one that we all need, Lord. The fruit of self-control that we may live by your Spirit. Thank you for your love, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.